By the way, man, I want to give you something special. Something I won't be using that much now that I'm getting married. Is it your Xbox One? Even better. Is this what I think it is? Yeah, man. <laughs> this is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Oh, watch this suit, man. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. I just need a minute. <laughs> On second thought, I'm gonna take that back. I'll see you at church. JR Cigars, ditch your best man, keep your password. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. There we are, Jordan. We are on the air. It's Smoke Night Live. This is episode 227 of Smoke Night Live. It's Friday night, and uh, it's our. This was going to be my day off. I was not going to do a show today, but it was such a slow news day in the industry that I, you know, I thought, well, got to come up with, you know, I got to give, I got to give the people something to do on this day. So, anyways, up. Uh, Big huge day, as we know, because it is Jordan, the anniversary of the Sopranos, 1999. On this day, that's what we're doing this the show Sopranos about. You didn't tell me until now. The Sopranos premiered 1999, probably the greatest show of all time. The greatest. It's a top three. It's it's a top three. I mean, it could be the best. It could be the best. I know, according to Dominic. Dominic. Wait. Dominic says. He says what? You say what? Number one? This is number one show of all time, baby. So uh, that's exciting. Um, let's. Uh, we've got our, our Studio Lot B is on the line, Jordan. Studio Lot B, uh, Robbie Rasmussen, and, of course, Randy Griggs. Uh, welcome to Smoke Night Live, fellas. How are you guys out in Studio Lot B? Everything is fantastic. I uh, just sat in traffic for an hour and a half to get to Randy's house and... And to be here to do the show, I'm fired up. <laughs> Randy, and you? <laughs> I'm just really excited to be here. Randy, you look a little green tonight. You feeling okay? Uh, Did you just yeah. mess with the camera settings? Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. It's it's a Skyping in. You're used to that nice, clean uh, video from our uh, other software. Okay. I mean, because Robbie looks okay. I, I look great. Yeah, no, I have kind of an olive complexion, so I can see. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like it's going down a weird road. <laughs> hey, boys, uh, in, in all, we're going to get into this uh, uh, news that happened today. But uh, Cigar of the Year is underway for Cigar Dojo. Um, this is the exciting time of year for uh, the Cigar of the Year announcements. We've already announced uh, three of them, 10, 9, and 8. And uh, Randy, you've been a part of the uh, of the uh, selection process this year. What are your thoughts on being part of the uh, the crew that picks picks the winners? I am absolutely thrilled. No, it was really exciting to uh, obviously get to go out to IPCPR with you guys, and so I've been tracking a lot of these um, a lot of these releases from early on in the year and from IPCPR. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk uh, as the year has gone on, as uh, Cigar of the Year uh, season has been underway, and a lot of kind of back and forth about how strong of a year, how how not strong of a year. 
personally, I think all the cigars that we had in contention for the top 10 and the limited top five uh, were all fantastic, all deserve to be there. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, as it continues to play out how, how, uh, how we did. So I think the, um, the cool thing, Randy, you, you're so excited. You, you know, you, you called, you wanted to argue some points and I like that. Like you're, you're like, you know, this is important to up. you. He's fired up. It's important to you. Well, Randy's and it, always fired up. And so. it's important to, to us. So I like the fact that yep. you wanted to argue, you know, arm wrestle on some of these picks, which is. We got somebody watching from Australia, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hey, Sean, how's it going, brother? All the way from Australia. I hope. Things get uh, cleared up down there. Geez, that's, that's a horrible situation. So, uh, yeah, wow. But um, yeah, definitely don't want to make light of any of that. Uh, but I'm glad you're you're joining us along with everybody else on Facebook tonight. I see tons of folks, Jeff and Barbara and Chris and Chad and I mean, there's just there's a zillion folks on. So thanks for joining us tonight, guys. This is going to be. I'm going to warn you guys ahead of time. There's going to be a lot of me reading tonight. So and I know already. <laughs> I actually and he can barely read. I so. know already how how boring it is when somebody just reads. But tonight it's it's gonna be it's gonna be important that I read some of this stuff. Uh, I've got reaction from all over the cigar industry on the big news, which we'll we will get to shortly. But before we we do, what are you guys uh, drinking tonight? What do we got going on in the Flavor Odyssey Studio Lot B Studios? What are you guys consuming? Well, um, <clears throat> there are no shortage of beverages here. Uh, Randy, we, Randy and I both have an IPA that we're about halfway through, uh, which is probably going to wait until after the show. We've got these fancy new uh, dojo. Look at these sexy, sexy oh, glasses. Yes. Yeah, baby. And Screaming. Randy, what, what is in this? This is a beer from Rogue Brewery out of Oregon Portland. called uh, everybody's in Portland. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, ben, don't call me Oregon. Um, don't call me Portland. Santa's Private Reserve Dark Ale with candy cap mushrooms. Oh, it's a little yeah. weird. It's a little weird. And uh, and we got a uh, a nice bottle of the the Whistle Pig Rye here. Yes, yes. And uh, we we are we are set and ready to go and smoking some uh, some cigars and yeah. So what happened today? Um. Well, hold on, Jordan. What are you What are you drinking? What do you got going? I am. What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Drinking something from Fremont. Matt brought it. Uh, it's a hazy. It's pretty good. Nice. But I am drinking it out of the same glass. Nice. Sexy glass. I. Oh, and I just spilled it. Hi, guys. Did huh. you spill it? He probably spilled it right on the uh, mixing board. Yeah. So the show's going to blank out. I'm drinking <laughs> a non alcoholic wheat beer. Really? Oh, wow. So. He's going downhill. What do guys. you what do you suppose a wheat beer that's non-alcoholic tastes like? I can tell you. It tastes a little <laughs> bit like if you had a cigar convention and the four biggest, you know, uh vendors didn't show up. That's it's missing something wow. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. It's it's missing something. Hey guys, here's the news. This was a crazy story. It, Robbie I got to ask you this first because mm. you've been in the industry even longer than than me, I think, or at least at least very well, close. I think we've got we've put in the same amount of years. Yeah, very very close. So you you've seen <laughs> you've seen all of this kind of stuff go down, but in all of your years, Robbie, wow. Have you ever seen a story break like this one? This is big. <laughs> you know, I I saw it pop this morning 
and we have kind of an internal text thread and we were all just up in arms and wow, this is crazy news. And when I initially saw it, I thought, ah, oh, this doesn't really surprise me that much. And I kind of poo-pooed it. And then, and then I marinated on it for about an hour while I was sitting in traffic on my way to work. Uh, and wow, that's like, it's like 40% of the footprint of the show is not going to be there. Right. So just to, 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 to lay all out, if you haven't heard yet, <clears throat> there was a unilateral press release today. And, that, and that's another thing, Robbie, you mm. don't often see is like a unilateral press release. A press release that came out essentially coordinated from four different companies is Drew Estate, Davidoff, General, and Altidus USA uh, saying that they are not going to attend the the... I'm just going to call it the IPCPR because there may not be a PCA show. We don't know. So wow. let's just call it the IPCPR for now. That is the, the annual, the biggie, the, you know, the 85th or however many shows that they've had in a row. And I'm not predicting that there's not going to be one. I'm just saying since there hasn't been a PCA yet, I'm just going to kind of stick with this, the term IPCPR because that's what people know it as at, to this point. And so... Uh, the 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 decision in their press release stated uh, that here we go three bullet points our most important industry gathering the IPCPR trade show has been in decline that's point number one ouch uh, point number two the attempts to discuss ways to reverse the downward trends in relevance attendance membership and category growth have been met with silence. Ouch! That, that's that's tough. That is a, a a brutal statement. The cost of the event, which continues to rise, has consumed funds that could otherwise be used to defend our industry from regulatory and legislative attacks, which threaten the livelihood of each and every one of us. Now they went on to say, after wow. six months of repeated, oh god, this is almost hard to read. After six months of repeated outreach to the PCA IPCPR. Various efforts to discuss ways to enhance the structure, organization, and value of the show for the benefit of retailers, manufacturers, distributors, and consumers were unsuccessful. Absent significant improvements, the trade show will continue to downward spiral. As customers of the trade show, it has become increasingly evident to each of us that we simply cannot continue to support and underwrite an event that is not satisfactorily responding to or meeting the needs of our industry. Randy, Oof. respond to that comment, uh, to that, that set of comments from Davidoff, Drew Estate, General, and Altidus, the four, four of the biggest, if not the biggest, in, that go to the show. What do you th make of that? That's, that isn't like pussyfooting around, Randy. That's no. a hardcore statement. Yeah, so um, I'll, t I'll tell you that uh, last year, the 87th uh, annual show uh, was the first that I had attended. And um, so a lot of my knowledge of conferences comes from the beer industry. Uh, so I've gone to um, this year will be my 18th consecutive year of attending the uh, craft beer um, largest uh, trade shows and conferences. And I've worked for those uh, associations and organizations. And so I've been a big part of uh, this type of process before. And I, I can tell you that I, I could see very much uh, in my first year with you guys at IPCPR um, some of the problems that uh, obviously have become too much for these companies to bear. And, and I mean, uh, 
forty percent might might be slightly overstating it, but not a lot. You it's guys gotta understand close, these man. are I mean, the these largest are the biggest booths. Uh, largest booths that are there. You know, I mean like I and, feel like Drew Estate. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, no, at all. but I, I kind of no. mean to interrupt. Um like Drew Estate's like ten percent of the floor just themselves. Yeah, that's true. Not only that Especially, Robbie, but not only that, but like all the aisles are typically sponsored they're the by main Drew sponsors right, right. too. And, on and, top of that, yeah, right. I mean it's yeah. it's just a massive. So, oh, go ahead, Randy. But this is this is brutal. Yeah, this is huge, and 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 I'll tell you what I noticed uh, right away my first year, and this really uh, puts a exclamation point on it. Is you know a trade association, its members are these companies, and very much seems like they're two different entities and that should never be the case. The association should be the collaborate collaborative efforts of these companies. So for them to come out with such a, a, a stark um, statement against the, the PCA or the IPCPR, that's their association. That's their organization. They shouldn't be seen as two separate entities in the first place i mean th these associations are supposed to bring the industry together these are their members that are saying that they can't communicate in a in a productive manner with them I and mean, that's that, that that's a major red flag uh that's a, a a concern and you know because i'm still newer to this industry i don't know how exactly the board for the association is created. It's typically a voting process of major members of a guy like Jonathan Drew or or major members at Altidus or General. You would think would sit on the board of this association. Um, so it's really alarming and concerning to to find out that the association is acting um, kind of independent of its membership's interests. Well, I, I could be wrong about this, and so forgive me if I am wrong about this. But I sort of think that Dylan Austin, the president of Davidoff, is on the board. I mean, I thought um, it would make sense that he, he would should be. Yeah, be. I mean, yeah. guys of uh, guys and gals of that level, with of that level of at that level for the companies that are at the level of Davidoff, should very much be yeah on the board. I don't know if I don't know if it is or if it isn't. So don't uh, I'm not getting like excited about that. I'm just saying I would be more surprised to find out that these four companies didn't have somebody on the board than right. to find out that they did. Right. So, Randy, what are you smoking? Uh, I am smoking uh, a fan favorite here for the show. I'm smoking the Drew Estate Dogma. Who makes that? C Cigar Dojo collaboration with Drew Estate. It's uh, mm. uh, uh, the, sh the show sponsor for our show, Flavor Odyssey, uh, starring Robbie Raz and I. <laughs> um, and uh, one of my absolute favorites. All right, Robbie, what are you smoking? I'm smoking a cigar that this is the first time that I've smoked it, and 150% of the audience <laughs> needs to smoke this thing. Uh, this is the H. Upman 175th anniversary, and it's uh, blended by AJ, made at his factory. This cigar is phenomenal. Thank you, Randy, for this. But the company that it comes from is Altidus. Right. Jordan, what do you yeah, th what do you get there's going, been, Jordan? There's a theme. There's a theme. I've got Warzone from Espinosa and General, and I'll let you interpret that <laughs> however you want. And I, I'm going to fire myself up a, uh, uh, a cigar dojo Davidoff here. I'm so keep you guessing. I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, that just goes to show you, like I mean, th these these are the companies 
and and it so it isn't it isn't just um you know a small offshoot company here or there that has made this decision now last year villiger made the decision not to go they were and they're a big company mm-hmm. um so they i guess they're sort of first the first big company and now so i guess guys uh, is does this signify uh, you know a waterfall of events that could transpire here will we see other companies uh, you know follow suit or will pca be able to stop the bleeding if, if I may, I, I, you know, Please do. in in conversations that we had during interviews and and our coverage of IPCPR last year, it was very clear that uh, given the union labor costs, the travel costs, the fact that this show takes place during one of the busier sales times of the year, this is a major strain on companies and a huge expenditure. And it's my opinion um, that. A lot of these companies feel like they have to pay the money so that their peers don't look down on them. You know, again, this is a uh, industry organization and association. And so I, th- I think there's a lot of pressure internally in the industry for guys that are maybe mid-sized to small that have a very hard time justifying these costs are doing it just because they want to be respected by their peers. And I think that this is a an opportunity for them to say for for this magnitude and size of companies to to pull out like this, I think it gives them the green light that they're that they're totally it's acceptable for them to say, great, that was way out of our budget anyways. We'd love to to bow out. And and I think it kind of makes it okay for them to. So Robbie, the you know, most <clears throat> folks watching the show right now are cigar smokers. I mean, I'm not a big news guy myself. I I do some news on the dojo we do we do cover we cover some news but you know really our focus is not news like half wheeler coop like our focus is the community cigar reviews the lifestyle we're more of a lifestyle sort of brand but robbie how does a decision like this or how could it affect you know the average cigar smoker that uh doesn't go to the show doesn't care about the show that's a good question does it impact them at all is the question. I mean, it, it's. May I? <laughs> Randy's just chomping at the bit. This guy. No, I, I think it, it could it could impact the the average consumer in a couple of different ways. In the sense that, if like okay, for example, Villiger last year wasn't there, so we didn't have an opportunity to cover what they were doing that was new. So maybe the the news and the new releases and things of that nature. <clears throat> maybe pardon me for clearing my. Uh, throat in the microphone there. Um, but maybe they, maybe it slows that kind of thing down. From that standpoint, I don't know. But when you start talking about the cost uh, associated with going to uh, this particular trade show, now there are other trade shows, uh, one that's coming up very soon. I don't know the costs that are, uh, if, if they're comparable, I have no idea. And I'm not saying this because of that, but the, the costs associated with, um, with the IPCPR PCA trade show are just astronomical. Now, Randy, you mentioned the uh, the union dues and things like, or union employees and that kind of thing uh, having in the warehouses. I think that's going to happen no matter where you go in Vegas or, or anywhere, and that's fine. That's that's cost of doing business. But there are just, and I've been on both sides of it. There are just so many costs that it's you actually have conversations like, okay, do we really even need to do this? Do we get the return on the investment to be here? And smaller companies just can't afford it. So 
but you also, like Randy was, was saying, you feel that pressure to be there because if you're not there, you're not relevant anymore, mm-hmm. especially for a small company that's trying to make their name. So that is, and it's, it's interesting with this other trade show that's coming up, I've noticed that there's a lot of smaller companies that are going that route. Uh, maybe it's more affordable. I'm not really sure. But I mean, from an average, I, I'm getting off the topic. From an average smoker standpoint, I don't know how much it really impacts. I think there's a lot to talk about. It makes for a fun story to uh, argue back and forth about. I do think it's interesting that these four large companies uh, came together on a press release. Usually, uh, when it's when there's more than one company in a press release, it's because one company's buying the other one, or they're 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 collaborating on a project. It's not. Hey, we've all decided to not go to this particular trade show, so that's interesting. I wonder what uh, what that's going to do as far as people who have already kind of, you know, have decided they are going to to the PCA uh, IPCPR trade show. Can they now pivot out of that if they want to, or maybe now it gets to the point where some of these big fish are out, so the smaller fish can come in and get more coverage. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. So, uh, you know, one of the hints that that they sort of gave in this press release was that they can use this money and pass it on to consumers. So that that is a way that theoretically this could benefit the end user. If you're a fan of Davidoff, if you're a fan of Drew Estate or any of the the many Altidus brands, the many general brands. Think of all these brands we're talking about. We're talking about. You know, everybody knows Drew Estate and Hoya, they're together. And most people know that, you know, Camacho, Avo, and Davidoff, they're all together. So that's just, that's five brands just in those two. But now think of Altidus and General. <laughs> We're talking Monte Cristo, Cohiba. We're, I mean, there's a, a punch. The list goes on and on. I mean, that's a, a big portfolio of cigars that is, is not going to be at the trade show. Randy, do you, what do you make of the statement, well, maybe we can pass some of the savings on to the consumer. Is that a realistic thing or is that just sort of like, hey, this is a good way to, you know, to paint this? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, they they definitely could, uh, you know, as cost of goods and cost of business rise, that's why we get price increases. So saving a couple hundred thousand dollars off your bottom line and your cogs for the year could definitely push a, a potential price increase back a year or two. Um, so I, I think there's a very uh, there there's a lot of validity that not only can it help them manage their their uh, costs and MSRP pricing um, better, they could also invest it in other ways, uh, you know, into other merchandise, into um, other things that that cigar smokers might be interested in having, whether it be point of sale, uh, you know, pieces. If I may, though, the 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 whole thing about my concern is this. A company of these sizes, they don't have any problem gaining access to market. General is going to have some portions of their portfolio in every brick and mortar uh, cigar retailer across the country from C to C. Uh, coming from a uh, background of a beer distributor, what I can tell you for a smaller brand, they often ride the coattails of these bigger brands. You know, when when I worked for a large distributor, we serviced Coors and Corona. So some of these smaller local brands that maybe bar owners or liquor store owners had never heard of, they're already placing an order for their Coors and Corona. And so we pitched them a case or two of 21st Amendment or Laughing Monk 
And those smaller brands get to benefit from the fact that these retailers are already placing an order. And so a, a concern for me is, um, and, and Rob's right, you know, if the show takes place and still has strong attendance from retailers, uh, some of the small guys maybe end up bigger fish in that pond. Uh, but if the retailers don't come because their primary vendors aren't there, now an Espinosa Cigars or a Black Label Cigars maybe not maybe not get an opportunity to get in front of those retailers that had never heard of their brand and wasn't going to buy their brand. They were there to engage with Altidus, Davidoff, and, right. and, and Drew Estate and happened to pass by the Black Label booth and then meet James and pick up their cigars. Maybe that interaction never happens. And so for the consumer, I think this might create a, a problem of access to market, access of retailers, knowledge of what's available to them and, and where they get it. So that's, in my opinion, where the rubber meets the road on, on how it affects the consumer is, is your brick and mortar selection. Wow. Just a quick, that's just a, a quick thought, to, a quick thought to jump in. Um, as I, I was listening to Randy, that was a good point. The, the interesting thought though, is when you say these, these four major, like, pillars like the four pillars holding up the building are gone now so it's i don't know why where i went with the pillar thing the four pillars of this uh of this trade show are gone now it, it could be said that retailers didn't necessarily need to go to the show to get the show specials from these four retailers anyway or from some of the bigger retailers i'm not going to say specifically these ones because i don't know that but the thought that comes to my mind is if if PCA is is could maybe pivot to be a bit more boutique focused mm. and I mean at this point that's kind of like a good way to spin it in my mind mm. uh, but again boutique is like two or three percent of the business but you may not get those larger shops who come in or those larger retailers who come in but you might get the more forward-thinking retailers that are owned by younger guys like ourselves that, yeah, I just said we're young, that, uh, <laughs> that you know, are, are interested in the boutique stuff and maybe that's, it's more attractive to them. I don't know. It, it's just a thought. I'm, I'm not trying to spin it one way or the other. It's just kind of off the cuff thought. Well, right. That, yeah, that makes a, that's a good point too, which is one I was talking about earlier today too, in the fact that assuming that the show goes on and it doesn't totally implode, you know, some of these other guys that uh, were smaller fish in a big pond, they're all instantly going to be slightly bigger fish um, in that. So that you could, you know, with every, in capitalism, which I love, I love capitalism, there's always an opportunity with everything that happens. And so you Absolutely. could think of this as an opportunity if you're one of these smaller brands is, hey, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna use this leverage. The shows, they need me. And so I'm going to use this to to you know, go all out, and I'm going to dominate, you know, the PCA show. But so there is that opportunity. That Jordan? kind of only works if the PCA really makes a dramatic shift and goes to a much, much smaller venue and much, much cheaper pricing for these guys. True. Yeah. They so can't that, that kind of kind leads of in, that leads in, Jordan, if I may ask a question, um, and I'll put, uh, Eric, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Yes. If you, if you are, uh, and the guy's name is escaping me, the guy who's the, the head Scott PCA Pierce. guy. Scott. Thank you, Scott Pierce. Uh, what, I, what are you thinking? What, what are you going to do? Okay, well, that's a great question, which leads me into the whole aspect of, I went in and I scoured 
all my contacts today, and I got responses from everybody. And one of the guys that I uh, talked to was Scott uh, from the PCA. And I asked him to give a comment. And now I don't want to throw this all on Scott because I'm sure he's trying to juggle all kinds of things, and he may not sure. he might not be able to to do this. But you know, he said you know they the PCA is not ready to give a statement yet. Um, they're putting something together, some sort of statement that they'll release later. Now, to me, that is that's bad. Like they should have been they should have been ready. They should have had some sort of statement to combat this. To even if it's just I don't care if it's just you know stroking the Whatever. I mean, just Whoa. just just <laughs> just basically saying like, hey, you know, uh, we understand this position. We we're still great guns blazing. We've got all these other companies that have committed to us. Yada yada yada. They should have had a statement ready to go. I mean, obviously they didn't. They, they weren't taken by surprise by this exactly. thing today, yeah. right? There's no way yeah. that most they were... people in the industry are like, I've known about this for yeah, two months. like almost everybody that I talked to said, oh yeah, I, I knew, I don't know how true that is, but most everybody said, yeah, I've I've known <laughs> I've known about this for six months. You know, I've known this was going to happen. Blah blah blah, and that may or may not be true, but we I guarantee you that the PCA had to have known that this was happening, and I just wished for their sake that they had had something ready to go. You know, right yep. off of the get go, uh, regardless of how true it was, but you got to somehow, you know, quelch some of these flames and say, hey, you know, everything's cool, we're ready to go, don't worry, you know. Yeah, with the brands that were like, Alec Bradley's still going to be there, you know, right. Fuente, whoever it is, Fuente, right. Padron are still coming. And we'll get into those. So so Scott didn't have a comment, and I'm a little, to me, that's not great. What do you guys think of, of the fact that they don't have any comment at all so far? Yeah, no, obviously, if these four companies had the time to sidebar and have the have the uh, discussion, and for me, it sounds very strategic. You know, they they didn't align with every company that's not going to go. They identified if we, as the four of the, what, seven to ten largest brands in this industry, do this together – we're going to really make a statement like like I don't believe at all that 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 wasn't part of the conversation that these four companies had, that it was a specific strategy uh, to put pressure on the association to uh, to be more open to. Uh, and like you said, the, the press release said that they have been making uh, effort after effort to have conversations to challenge the association to improve the way this is going. If they had enough time to have that conversation and sidebar if the pca and and you know and to your point scott's a good guy i've seen him on your show i know he cares um but if they didn't see this coming a mile away and already and not have a, a response to it they're either not paying attention they're totally um you know deaf to the conversation uh which is again alarming uh at at the the gap in conversation between the association that represents these companies and their own voices, so um, you know, and 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 I, I kind of warned Eric I was going to do this, and I'm a big sports guy, and uh, I I do make a lot of sports analogies. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, and again, I I don't want to point fingers at anybody, but here's the thing, if no matter what, they're going to need to pivot in a major way. Jordan, you hit it right on the head. It is now incumbent on the PCA to or IPCPR to be able to pivot now 
to how do we spin this? How do we still maximize and give value back to our members, which are these companies and are these retailers? And so it's if it's going to be, hey, we're going to you know make this all about the boutique brands and maybe change the name and spin the, the concept a little bit, they've still got to be able to get these retailers to uh, justify the trip and justify coming out here. But honestly, guys, that does not fix anything for this year. Uh, six months is a very short time. Again, spending my whole career in associations and in uh, a large event production, I can tell you these contracts, when IPCBR came back to, what is it, the Sands? Yeah. Um, that that was a contract that was locked in place yeah, and, and they're stuck already with. announced next year's dates too. Yeah, no, so no, they're they're big. they're gonna face some serious, serious uh, decisions immediately because they've already booked that venue and they owe the sands for that venue. At six months out, um, they're not gonna be able to uh, give back a portion unless the sands literally already have other events that are looking for a chance to expand. So for the consumers out there that haven't been to this show, obviously this is a two story building uh, where there's uh, meeting rooms and hospitality going on downstairs where brands can engage on a more one-on-one -on -one basis with their uh, retailers. And then the main show floor, that's all rented. So unless there's already other organizations lined up, that the IPCPR can reach out to and, and work with the SANS to try and make that space available. That's all owed for. And now they're not going to have uh, the attendance of their vendors to be able to fill that floor space. And so li likely what they'll have to do is pull in air walls and close it down so it doesn't seem so cavernous. And and just just for you know full disclosure, when when this was announced today, I called my friend who was the uh, event coordinator who literally was the primary person that put on the Great American Beer Festival and the Craft Brewers Conference for the Beer Association. He worked for the Brewers Association for 15 years and oversaw the growth of, of these same types of trade shows in the beer industry. And uh, and I talked to him and I said, you know, is there any chance they're going to be able to get out of uh, the contract for this venue. He said, six months out? No, I mean, this stuff is planned 12, 18, 24, and 36 months ahead of time. Um, and so the PCA is in trouble, honestly, in, in, in terms of, um, cause they then, uh, rent that space out at a premium and at a profit to Altidus general Drew estate, um, and, and Davidoff. So they, um, you know, that's, th those are vendors that they're not going to be able to rent that space to, and they're going to be in trouble. So, um, yeah, that's. All right, so I'm going to do the, the first two comments I, I'm going to read to you guys are from the two sources that broke the story. Now, I don't know who was first. Um, Coop might have been first. Uh, Half Wheel might have been first. I don't know. Half Wheel had a, a lengthy article that was in-depth, excellent. Coop was also hot on the story. So I'm going to read their responses uh, first, and then I'll let you guys <clears throat> comment. So uh, Charlie Minato, the editor and co-founder of Half Wheel, said... Uh, as I have said for many years, a moment of reckoning regarding the trade show seemed inevitable. Given that the trade show is Half Wheel's busiest time of year, I hope that the industry can find a way to develop a new model that encourages the smallest and largest manufacturers to attend, as well as more retailers, suppliers, media outlets, and others. Half Wheel will continue to cover the 2020 PCA convention trade show in the same manner that we have done in years 
prior, including the annoying Davidoff ads on their videos. I suppose that's what that means. Um, and Coop said, <laughs> Coop said, um, today's announcement is not only historic, but it could be a catastrophic blow to the PCA trade show in the coming years. Uh, the loss of one of these companies from the PCA trade show is bad enough. Now to multiply that by four, my fear and expectation is other companies may follow. This is a loss of not only revenue for the PCA, but will really take away from the pageantry that has made the trade show, trade show special for over a decade that I have covered it for Cigar Coop. While I do think we need to hear from PCA on this announcement, which we haven't, I added that part, I'm very disappointed that the parties could not agree on a resolution of the issues at hand. Furthermore, it is also unfortunate that our industry continues to divide itself during its most challenging times. Mm. I want to be optimistic and hope that these companies return in 2021. In the meantime, Cigar Coop will be there covering 2020 PCA trade show as it has rumor-free, teaser-free, the way it always does. So uh, thoughts nice. on those two comments, boys? Can, can I can I start with sure, asking you a ahead. question, Eric? Will Cigar Dojo be covering the event? Assuming that there's an event, yeah, we'll be there. Okay. Um, there, there, there will be an event. Like I, I think we've... We we have to acknowledge there will be an event. They have no choice. Much yeah. as like all the things that Randy just outlined, they are on the hook for this. There's no way that they're not going to have an event. And maybe I'll have egg on my face for saying that. And uh, I think it was Kevin Acuff had a, a comment just a second ago. Mm -hmm. He said, think of how many boutique companies would have to step up to fill the shoes and, or, or the, the, the financial coffers that these right. companies – these four companies have left. Uh, Kevin, there aren't enough uh, boutique brands to do that. There's just no way. The, the It would take a hundred just to cover yeah. one of these companies. Just to cover just to cover what Drew Estate would spend at this event, it's going to take a hundred boutique companies. Yeah. And when you, and I mean, boutique, like small companies, I'm, I'm talking about small guys, like, uh, like, like Mombacho, for example, mm -hmm. that, and that's where my experience is. Now, somebody said earlier, is it... With at, at this time, and Eric, I promise I'll get to your question in a second. At at this time of year, with you know six months out, is it too late for smaller companies to pivot? It's not too late for smaller companies to pivot. Smaller companies, the the guys who have, you know, two. So when you when you book your your space at IPCPR, they come in little blocks, right? There's a small. They're like ten by ten blocks and you can get <clears throat> some obviously if you've been there if you've seen the photos the drew estate block is huge but some other companies do two blocks like when i was with mombacho we did two uh, two or three i think with, we did two and we would have so like a 20 by 10 to to think those companies that are, are spending in that level absolutely they can still pivot out just based on my experience so there's a lot of these these smaller companies either haven't like picked their spots yet, they haven't signed contracts yet, they can pivot out of that. As far as a larger company, say like Padron right. or Fuente, could they pivot out of it? Probably not at this point, is my guess. I don't maybe they're big enough where they have something written in their contract that says we have an out clause. I have no idea. But uh, it's there with all that being said, there's no way they're gonna recoup this money. Unless, curveball, we saw a story earlier, and I can't uh, earlier this week, and I can't remember what city it was that wanted to have uh, cannabis allowed to be smoked in their cigar lounges. Maybe you, you fill it half of it with uh, you make it a cigar and cannabis thing. I don't know, 
but th- there's money there. That's the only reason I say that. Right. But <clears throat> as far as you know, filling these boots, there's no way to do it. And Eric, I can't remember what your questions were. Uh, well, <laughs> well, you <clears throat> you did bring up something that's interesting, Robbie. That uh, for a long time the trade show had. Um, right. They had vape. A vape people. They had hookah people. They had those are some of the biggest booths. Snuff. Or they had they had all the yeah. and and they. I don't know how this happened. I did talk to Coop about this, and Coop said that they sort of kind of like weeded those guys out because they didn't like how pushy like the sales people were for those companies. Sure. So they kind of like pushed them out. And so appreciate Coop's uh, input on that. I wasn't sure how that all happened, um, and that's that's what Coop thought of that. And I, I guarantee you that was. That was about twenty five percent of the show. Then I, I would think now the PCA would sure love to have those guys back. I mean, um, and I always wondered like what happened to all the the hookah people, the pipe people, and and all of that. And they just got kind of pushed out. Pipe guys are still there. There's but. some pipe guys still there, but mainly like the hookah, hookah vape, and and all of that kind of stuff. It just got shoved out of the show. Um, Scott, in the audience here, studio audience, Scott, you have a comment? Um, yeah, yeah. I, has anybody else seen, you were speaking of like just division, boutique companies, things like that, and kind of like in amongst the industry in general. Has anybody seen the release that was on Facebook from the Boutique Cigar Association? Because I read that earlier today, and I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. If it's okay, I'm going to read just a little bit of an excerpt from it. It says, the four big companies that have the most benefit from FDA regulations, hang on, my phone just went down, on premium cigars are the ones mentioned in this article. The PCA and the CRA have been fighting for all cigar companies, big and small, and now the truth comes out. So that's sort of like a shots fired from them, pointing the finger back at Drew Estate, Davidoff, Altidus General. What do you make of that comment, boys? <laughs> uh, not much. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. It's, I, I think it's a nice, uh, it's not nice, but it is probably the only shot that smaller companies maybe could fire. I, I, I to me, it just sounds like that, that type of comment is trying to get attention and pull tension, pull attention away from what has happened. Um, I don't know how much I buy it. There's probably some validity to it, but there's a lot of companies that are that that haven't pulled out of PCA that would stand to benefit from uh, from FDA uh, uh, regulation as well. I would think. Yeah. All right. I got so a, yeah. Oh, that's my thought. I got a bunch sorry. No good. No, it's okay. I got a bunch of comments from uh, other cigar media guys. I'll read some of those, and you guys can just comment in between on them if you want, or we can just keep keep cruising. Um, Trip uh, Waldrop from Cigar Federation said. I see this is a huge blow to the PCA. This is uh, going to be turning a turning point for the PCA, and it'll be interesting to see how they position themselves going forward. We agree with that, Trip. Uh, Bear Duplicia, uh, Eloso Fumar, uh, his takes. He said last year's trade show was polarizing for all parties, from retailers to manufacturers to consumers to media to the PCA team. The writing was on the wall for some big changes in 2020. While I'm surprised at the number of companies. And the United press release, I'm not surprised that some major manufacturers are concerned. I would also go so far as to say that July is a long way away, and I believe the PCA will have a plan in place soon and try to change this position of some, if not all, these companies. Do you think that, uh, based on Bear's comment, can they bring these guys back in for this show, or is this ship sailed? I think the ship has sailed, man. Absolutely. It is way out to sea at this point. Yeah. And uh, someone, I, I, there was a comment that you guys just posted up that said that type of rhetoric... Uh, that's coming from the 
uh, what boutique was, association, boutique, boutique association. association. That's it's not helpful, and I agree, it's not helpful. Um, it's I, I don't think there's any way that they could pull it back. I think Bear hit it right on the head that th- this was bound to happen. Um, hopefully, this leads to some sort of unifying front. Absolutely, because uh, I mean, you you need you you need someone to uh, you know to throw that. I don't want to say cast the first stone, but you need someone to really just kind of to to get that ball rolling. And obviously, they the, these four companies uh, have decided that, and it sounded like they they wanted to stay based yeah. on their 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 press release. Now again, it's in their benefit to say that, but it sounded like they were they did everything that they could on their end to make this work, and PCA did nothing to help. And that's really. It's kind of proven by the fact that PCA didn't have a response. Right. Mm, How yeah. did I mean? They knew this was coming. If if people in the industry knew that this was happening, PCA knew this was coming. These guys backed out a long time ago. They knew that they didn't have that Drew Estate money already and the Davidoff money, and these these booths weren't booked yet. They knew it. Mm-hmm. They had to know it. And if they didn't, that's a huge red flag, like Randy said earlier. So they knew that this was coming, and to not have some kind of statement. It doesn't have to be, well, we still have these guys and list off the people who have already committed who and will be there. It would be nice to have a few. I mean, think of the, the, the big companies who, who were not involved in this. You have Padron, uh, Fuente. Those are two huge Aliva. names. Uh, that's, and, and Alec Bradley was one that, that Bradley, stepped up and yep. did, did make a comment. But you would have to think that they would be reaching out to these guys and saying, look, we've, we've got this problem. Here's what's happening. And, they, and honestly, I do think that larger companies, Padron and Fuente, like I mentioned, and some others, stand to gain uh, from this as far as IPCPR, PCA is concerned. Not PAC, Randy. It's PCA. Uh, <laughs> is concerned. So – how could you not generate some sort of unified front, even if it's yep. small, yep. to as a response? That to me is just from a from uh, from a public relations standpoint is a massive, massive fail, and is probably just a microcosm of what these larger companies right. are talking about. Randy, the next uh, comment comes from uh, our good buddy, Aaron Loomis from Developing Palettes. He says, I think the board of directors for PCA needs a wake-up call, and this just might be it. I've mentioned a few times that I'm not sure why everyone feels that the organization that is supposed to be fighting for the industry needs to run the industry trade show. They can be separate entities and focus on what they do best. Randy, is this a good kick in the pants for PCA, or is this a terrible kick in the pants for PCA? I think it's um, unfortunately a necessary um, uh, necessary step that the that the membership of that association, the industry as a whole, from retailers, manufacturers, and distributors, they need to be able to have the access to market. I mean, that's what we talk about in distribution all the time. Is you you can't be uh, you can't be relevant in the industry without being present. And being in front of your consumers and being in front of your customers and being able to show what you're trying to do. And so uh, a point I was going to make earlier, um, and it's far from my place in this world to call for anybody's head. But uh, again, in sports, the reality is what is most important, in my opinion, for the PCA to do right now is to ensure that they will exist as as an entity and that they can continue to represent 
the members of their association. And in order to do that, I don't know how you don't make major changes in leadership. Um, and so again, uh, I like sports analogies. It's often not the coach's fault independently that the team didn't perform, but they're often the scapegoat. They're often the fall guy. And while I'm absolutely positive that this isn't all Scott's fault, um, they need to do one of two things. And he either make some serious commitments and promises to their membership group that they have a plan and that they can address these concerns and they can revitalize this trade show and bring these uh, members back into the fold to support the, the whole idea of these trade shows is to bring our industry together. And, uh, and instead all that's going on right now is, is d division. And so, um, to me, I, I think they need to make some changes in leadership and promise that the new leaders will bring, um, different elements and, and you know, not to lean too heavy on my experience. Um, and again, I reached out to my friend, Bradley Latham was the event coordinator for the Brewers Association for 15 years, uh, overseeing the growth of the craft beer trade shows. And they have grown literally. I talked to him today, you know, tell him, I told him I was going to be on the show and I wanted to get some, uh, some good information to understand what a healthy growth driven, uh, association is doing for their industry. And, you know, over his time, he saw the Craft Brewers Conference, which is our largest uh, industry trade show, grow from 500 attendees to 14,000 in his time. And percentage-wise, uh, you know, I think that's 700 percent. 37,000 percent. It's significant. And, um, you know, what we see in the beer industry for our trade shows is – you have to be able to show uh, an ROI and a return on your investment for attending these things. And so there's always been a very high level uh, educational portion. So they had multiple tracks. Um, they had multiple tracks of uh, seminars going on with industry leaders, um, panels of industry leaders that were talking to their their um, their peers and collaborations come out of these events. It's a true meeting of our industry. It's it's the same conversation with, that we brought up uh, in the conversation with the um, with the consumer event that they pitched doing. This isn't a a, a, a a consumer facing event. It is an industry internal event. How we get better. Uh, I I I would nominate. Eric Gatormson for being a, a speaker at the cigar media seminar and, or, or better yet being the moderator of a panel with Charlie and Coop and Bear and Aaron uh, talking to other fledgling companies trying to uh, invest their passion and time into this industry. You create a platform for the whole industry to come together and improve and, and as an industry we move forward. Um, hey, wait, now, did you just call us a fledgling company, essentially, when you made that comment? No, I was saying <laughs> fledgling companies would be in the audience while you were Ouch. on stage, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, I gotcha. All I, right. But, but, but I felt the burn, look too. Look at the little I podcasts that are, that are going. They would love to hear you speak and Charlie and Coop speak about how you developed uh, your place in this industry. And that's what 
in beer what we have. That's what we see all the time and, and the types of seminars that I attend. Um, and so I, I think whether it's the same leadership or, or, you know, they may have to make some changes, they need to make some serious commitments and promises to the membership that they're going to make these changes. They're going to improve things to continue to provide a platform and, and uh, an opportunity for the industry to, to improve and work together collaboratively. Now, uh, if, if, yeah. if I may before, yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, Randy, I agree with, with some of what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree with all of it. All right. Um, I did feel like someone did comment that uh, Randy would be a perfect person to run the PCA. <laughs> I did feel like at the point you were kind of submitting your resume <laughs> as uh, God, can, you, as, can you imagine kind of, how, how he would drive every single uh, manufacturer nuts? I mean, oh yeah, no, he would kill it. He'd absolutely kill it, it, it like in a good way and a bad way. So like you, you weed out all the people who were, uh, you know, kind of on the fence. One thing I do want to comment on is this H uh, Upman 175th anniversary. About halfway through the cigar, holy crap! Mm, things good, right? This, oh my god, this is so good. Mm, wow. Can I throw out there that that uh, I saw Lewis and, and a couple folks who we know uh, mentioned it is a pricey cigar. What what but, is the price point? I you gave it to me, so I don't know what it is. Well, I'll tell you this: if you buy a box, it actually comes with a challenge coin in it. This this is not an ad for the cigar <laughs> by any means. Now, is this is this in like a fifteen dollar price point? Uh, at least, it, yeah. Yeah, if it's I mean, if it's if it's this more. was a fifteen dollar cigar, yeah. I'm fine with that. I, I, I don't think it I, might be a nineteen dollar cigar. Okay, twenty bucks. That's 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 a little bit higher than I think that I would want to pay for it. But I mean, we've been on here for I don't know how long, but I'm I'm only halfway through. This is phenomenal. That, that might have been my only complaint was it's a little too long of smoke. Like oh, I, get out of here! I got stop. bored after a while. No, that's you millennials <laughs> and your your YouTube and your hour two. You, you don't in 15 you don't minutes. you don't remember like, what okay. it's like. To have to wait until Christmas to be able to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> I, I only got to see it once a year. I couldn't watch it whenever I wanted. But it wasn't three hours long. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fantastic response. I've got nothing. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Let's do a couple more comments that I got from the uh, uh, cigar media folks. Uh, Matt Ty from How About That Cigar said, I'm in shock, I guess, uh, but this could be the beginning of a huge domino effect. When a shopping mall loses the anchor stores, what happens? The shopping mall closes down within a couple of years. Hope that doesn't happen. Uh, John McTavish, um, cigar surgeon, said, uh, after uh, undermining the cigar trade show by doing business outside of the trade show, manufacturers have decided the model is not working and have pulled out. That is an interesting point. Um, the industry itself didn't help this cause by you know, allowing deals you know, exactly. all year long. Uh, that's a good point. Any response to that? No, I, I agree with that. I, I'd like to say, first of all, I, I think John McTavish is a fantastic human being. And uh, if I, I, I wish that he lived down the street from me and we'd hang out all the time and just get drunk together and be fat. I think it would be great. Um, there was there were some comments before that popped up on the screen that said, it, it, will this lead to like a TPE, uh, a PCA uh, merger or something to that effect? Now, unless, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I will admit I was able to read this this morning and then I've, I've been, I had a busy day today with uh, with work and stuff. So I have, I, you guys have, have researched this more than I have, but there was no mention of TPE in any of these uh, 
any any of the press releases or anything. Not not it, what I mean is they didn't. These four companies didn't say, "Hey, we're not going to the PCA this year. We're going to TPE." It wasn't presented in that way, was no, it? No, it was not. Okay, that's what I thought. So I, I don't think that the two really have. I mean, there's there's a corollary there, sure, but I don't think that it, it's really um, it's really that much of a connection to me it really just leads it's a power play by these four companies that are you know pull a whole lot of weight to say look we need some freaking changes yeah. and you guys aren't listening to us so we're not going to give you our money i don't think that it means that this is the end of pca and and we won't have that that uh, that trade show anymore i think it, it hopefully leads to some solidarity and some change because if there's ever a time ever a time that this industry specifically needs some solidarity and needs all these big companies and smaller companies and the guys who are uh, you know pushing that that uh, agenda forward on the same page it's now I don't know if I answered the question but I wanted to say that no that's that's good um, all right uh, Mike Stepankevic the cigar hustler he said uh, change isn't good nor bad it's simply change however change will always provide opportunities to those who are not afraid of it I wish the four horsemen of their inner sanctum, Cigar Illuminati, the best, and I hope PCA can make the proper adjustments to protect both consumers and manufacturers alike, as well as thrive. A lot can happen in a six-month time. So he's, you know, Mike's sort of like, uh, you know, throwing a little fire back at the at the four companies. But, I mean, you got to also see it from the four companies' perspective. They're spending a gazillion amount of dollars, and there has to be return. It's just, it's business, right? I mean, you can't just, just because you like something, you can't just continually just throw money at it to no end. You, there has to be, it has to be a value. Absolutely. Uh, and to comment on Jamie's uh, uh, comment that you just posted up on the screen there, I, with with uh, tobacco nowadays, there's not a whole lot of places that we can go, man. I mean, Vegas uh, embraces us to an extent, it, it, and if you're like Randy, you saw this first per, firsthand for the first time this year. We can smoke on the trade floor, but there are people that are ready to physically stop you from leaving the building with your cigar lit. You cannot smoke in that hallway. So smoking anywhere is really, really difficult. Uh, Randy, you weren't there. Uh, Eric, you were, and uh, Jordan, I believe you were there as well when we were in um, New Orleans a few years ago. It was. It's a fun area to visit. It's a horrible time of year to be there, That's and there's there's nowhere to smoke outside. It's like finding another location outside of Vegas. I don't know if that's really the issue. I don't know. I don't think that's the main issue, but it does seem like it would break things up a little bit to maybe every two years bring it to Florida, where most of the oh, manufacturers are, anyways. Absolutely, that would be great and, and welcome. But I, I mean, I don't know the logistics, yeah. and I'm just I'm I'm inferring a lot of this and just assuming a lot of this that there's just not venues who are just you know just itching in their pants to get a ton of cigar smokers in their venue all right Emmett Malone said uh, I'm not entirely shocked uh, at the direction I've seen this with the PCA coming for a long time now I am surprised at how soon it happened though I think the um, linchpin for the whole situation was the flubbed rollout of the consumer day last year it exposed the tone-deaf attitude lack of direction in the organization I sincerely hope that this is a wake-up call and the industry and the PCA can come together and write the ship in the coming year. Randy, was the flubbed Consumer Day, did that play a big part in this, do you feel? Yeah, I mean, it was a huge conversation point last year. And, and uh, I think Emmett said it well. It's the linchpin. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. It's a, it's a 
a microcosm of the larger problem. It's not the problem, um, but it's kind of, you, you know, it, it shows. Uh, I think tone deaf is a perfect way to say it. And, and from the press release, it shows that these major uh, players in our industry uh, felt that there was that they weren't being heard, and you know even worse if Dylan really is on the board and he still couldn't be heard. Let me let me follow up with just a quick question. <clears throat> now, Randy, you've talked about, pardon me, you've talked about uh, the beer industry, and that's where your experience is as far as trade shows are concerned. Now they've done, from what I can see from the from an outsider perspective, a great job of separating mm-hmm. their there's a. There's a trade show that is internal. Mm-hmm. I keep hitting my microphone. I don't know why. There's it's internal where you're you're talking about collaborations and furthering the industry as a whole, and then there is a separate thing that happens at a totally different time of year, probably a totally different venue, that is uh, consumer based. Now, I with cigars, it's a little bit with or with PCA the way that it's run, IPCPR in the past, it's we think of it as an industry event it but it's also a consumer event because the retailers are the consumers in in this equation right it's not me and you and kevin and all the guys watching the show guys and gals watching the show who are the consumers of the cigars but it's it's the consumers from the retailer standpoint so i wonder if there is there maybe a better way to have like a a uh, an industry centric event where it's it's not retailers it's just industry and it's just industry it's just media and we get together and we're talking about these are the new things this is what's going on and then there's a separate uh, event that is retailer and then maybe there's a day or two where like the average consumer can be involved in absolutely i i i think i mean that's what the beer industry uh, does again in, in i'm essence, going right? off of what my experience is and that has worked very very well for beer the the thing about cbc uh, craft brewers conference where it would be similar um and you could draw a parallel would be that the trade show floor instead of having all the retailers there because you're you're right you know calling it's their clients uh, a manufacturer sells to a retailer. They don't sell direct to the consumer. So you, you kind of group it by who sells to who. And so by having in, in beer, we see on our trade show floor our vendors. I work for a brewery, and when I go to our trade show, I have companies selling ingredients, selling equipment. Uh, selling educational uh, elements, tools, and techniques um, to help us get better. So I can go buy, I can go there and buy uh, my point of sale and my stickers. The sticker company shows up, and this is this is actually something that uh, came up in the conversation I had with my friend uh, that ran GABF. Is that um, in years past, it was the attendance that was the major revenue stream, and you got to really think about that because the the member the the whole reason for having an association is to drive revenue that is spent to improve the industry. And we love Lynn Hawkins. I I'll just say that real quick. It's bigger than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. Wait, Jordan, can, can you put it back up? Because I love I, you, Lynn. I couldn't read. The, uh, we miss you. I'm sorry you won't be in Honduras this year, but uh, we miss you. Um, but that all that being said, um, you know, I, I think what you're referring okay. to, Robbie, if you were to separate it into two events, you'd have to have 
agricultural companies that have, you know, Oliva Tobacco would have to be there. Agonorsa would have to be there to talk about their new crop and what they have available for the cigar manufacturers. Um, the, but to, to the, me, that sounds like a rings. great thing. Oh, it should be. It should exist. You know, cigar rings are all the different companies that make the boxes and the bands and the tobacco and every other, you know, vendor that a manufacturer deals with, that would be their trade show floor. So they're not in selling mode. That's something that I noticed when we were at IPCPR. We're walking around trying to find out about your new product and spread the word about their brand. And they're very busy trying to make sales. They're in sales mode rather than in buying mode. And so if, if you created a trade show where it's them accessing the ability to um, to I don't know if there's brokers for rollers or whatnot, but, uh, you, you know, it's, it's that kind of a theme. It's who they buy from. And it's a private industry event. It's seminars driving them to talk about how to manage your rolling floor better. And, and uh, if you're a brand owner rather than a manufacturer, how do you engage your brand owner uh, in, in a more constructive way to give them direction to roll the cigars exactly how you want and work with them uh, appropriately? And then separately, we have the Great American Beer Festival, which is a consumer front where now we've got all the consumers and and in this day and age it's something that i deal with uh, you know as a marketing manager national brand manager for a brewery uh is uh you know we've come to a, a point in time where the consumer is so much more well educated and aware of what's going on they depend less and less on high level brick and mortar uh uh, employees to tell them what they're looking for because they're following all of these companies on social media and they knew that that uh, that Skip was making Baca months before it was available in their brick and mortar and so they were asking for it. So when the retailer showed up at IPCPR, they knew they had to place a large order because they'd had 33 of their uh, you know regular re um, consumers come in and ask them, hey, are you going to be bringing in Baca? From Romacraft, for instance, you know, you know that's that's a company that does a very good job of creating a pull um, from the consumers where they're demanding the product rather than having to push it on the retailer and, and try and convince them. No, no, no. If you put this on your shelf, people will buy it. Um, so uh, that's I, I think a lot of industries are, are having to face that pivot right now as social media has given so much more access to consumers to know what's going on in the industries is that, um, you have to, you have to meet that demand and, and they already know about it before you do. If, if you're waiting for the IPCPR <laughs> to find out what came out from Romancraft this year. All right, let's do a quickie commercial break. Jordan, um, this show is sponsored by JR cigars. One of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high end boxes, including the brand new exclusive Cabanas crafted by the legendary Don Pepin Garcia. Don't forget to check out their social media pages, including YouTube, where they feature cigar reviews, interviews, and their famous weekly top five videos. Check out JR Cigars for all of your premium cigar needs. Hey, guys, I have three final comments, and these are ones not from, these are not from the uh, cigar media. These are Ooh. from different aspects of the industry. And the first one comes from Fred Rui. Uh, used to be a manufacturer. Used to obviously uh, Nomad Cigars. And, he likes bacon. Uh, he loves bacon. And so uh, Fred <laughs> said, um, not surprising as it is all about the value. 
There is no question the cost to participate at the show versus the per-shop attendance has made it a considerable expense for manufacturers over the last several years. It does pave the way for some savvy companies to really leverage this into a big win at the end. The consumer may just come out better for it. So uh, Fred has a positive spin on that, and he's a from the manufacturing side of things. So that's sort of an interesting take from Fred. Um, any thoughts on that, boys, real quick? I feel like Fred nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely right. nailed it. And I think that's that's kind of the point that I've been trying to make. He just did it a much more succinct way. Yeah. It's... There's there's a lot to be gained from what has happened for small companies and large companies alike. It's not just, hey, these four companies are gone, so now I can move in on their territory. There there is that. There's like we've talked about there is or not us. I mean, this has been talked about before us, but when you have change and uh calamity, for lack of a better word, there is opportunity. So there's opportunity for companies like Espinosa is a good example where they could expand their footprint at uh, at PCA and and really make more of an impact companies uh, you know along that line um, I do think that there is a there's been a just kind of we're just gonna jack up these prices and people are gonna pay it because they feel like they have to be here and now that narrative has completely changed and I don't know how how PCA pivots on that um, I feel like we've thrown out a bunch of ideas. I like the idea of doing, you know, two separate shows. Maybe there's a show in early February that is, you know, more product driven, and then there's a show later in the year that is more like Randy. You were saying there's it's uh, the Oliva Tobacco Growers are there, and and Cigar Rings is there, and it's more of a, it's more of an industry type thing that prepares for. The thing that's the the show that's coming earlier in the year for the next following year. Sweet, I don't hey, know. Hey boys, just real quick. Um, apparently, uh, Coop Coop just uh, said uh, that the PCA has responded. Should I try to? Oh, try, try, what do you got? Try to add him in. So, um, let's get him up. Uh, let's, oh, yeah, let's get Coop on. Ask ask Coop, if, Coop. if we can if we can uh, bring him into the show and we'll oh, we'll, we'll tell him what what he found out. I mean, this is on the fly, guys. And and while Jordan's trying to do that, I do have a comment. A couple comments from. Um, these are retail stores, okay? So that's an interesting. Oh, interesting! Oh, yeah, I'd like to hear these. Does, does Coop know you're going to dial them up? No. Oh, just dial it. Coop, up. can we dial you up? We would love to yeah, dial you up. Coop, jump in, buddy. <clears throat> so we'll see if we can get Coop on the line. But uh, the first one comes from uh, Philip Michael Segal. He's the uh, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina Havana Phils. Um, oh, beautiful shop! I've been there. Yeah, and so. Uh, he says, uh, being a single-door retail store, we were already planning on not attending for the first time in the history of our company. There's not enough incentive, and financially, doesn't make sense for us. We and there's a show later. Oh, we made the decision before we learned that four of our largest partners won't be in attendance. So there you go. That's the first time that they have not – they don't plan on showing up. Um from the guys at Havana Phils. So quick, just to just to confirm, make sure I heard that correctly. They had made that decision before this. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, mm, which is probably what led to this decision by these four major. Well, well, they also companies. they also stated that these are four of their largest vendors as but well. But they said that before they made this decision before that. No, oh, sure. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, Coop William look at, look Cooper at in the flesh, yes, Hello, dressed Coop. up. Coop, can Got you can you hear us? Coop collared shirt, and everything. I don't think he can hear us. I don't know. Coop. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like Coop can hear us. 
Coop uh, likes to ignore the camera for a little while before he starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I will say that uh, to me that that plays into the whole uh, uh, going back to Scott's uh, interjection with the uh, statement that came out from the Boutique Cigar Association. You know, they're, they're throwing stones a little bit there, but I, I think it's a little bit tone deaf on their part to realize. You know, if you listen to what uh, what um, Cigar Phil's. I'm not getting that right. Uh, Havana fills. Havana. Oop. Let's see. Are we still, Jordan? Are we still going? Are we still? Are we still broadcasting? Hey guys, uh, while we're doing this, we're trying to get these guys back on because this is breaking news as the show is going on. Actually, breaking news. Let's try to get uh, Robbie and Randy back on um, first, and then we'll see if we can get see if we can get Coop to tell us what the PCA said. Um, would be interesting. Here we go. Let's mute, mute that real quick, George. Mute that. Mute that so so that doesn't go in the folks' ears. Um, I will read. You guys want to? This is pure fire from Abe Debabna, the owner of Smoke In. Um, I'd love to get uh, Robbie and Randy on to hear this, but uh, they may not hear this. Let's see if we can get them on real quick. Robbie, Randy. We gotta. We're dialing you back up on Skype. Uh, yeah, Coop couldn't hear us, so don't know what happened there. But um, all right, this one comes from. All oh, right, so I'm gonna wait on Abe's Jordan. Um, so I had heard a rumor, and I don't know how true this is. <clears throat> I had heard a rumor that AJ Fernandez might be pulling out. I don't know how true that is. This is a rumor. Apologize, Coop, but it's a rumor. So who knows if that's true or not. I have Alec Bradley, they made their support clear on Facebook that they will be there in 2020 um, without question. Um, so that's – are you guys back? It was, we it was didn't just take over. We the... kicked you off the air. It was just us and Coop, and by answering your call, we, we then kicked, kicked him off. off. Okay. Well, let's, we'll just stick <laughs> That's with all right. You know what? It's it's live. This is all happening live, so yes. we're going we're gonna to roll with it. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm I'm excited to hear what this response is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and to be honest, I'm 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 uh, I'm a little bit energized by the fact that there is a response. Yeah. For sure. I, I, like it's it's 12 hours too late, but <laughs> it doesn't like I, like a response needs to needs to happen. Um, while we are, uh, Eric, if you don't mind, while we're waiting to get Coop on, he he may not come on. So just just okay. Just go ahead and. I was just going to see, like, how is everybody doing with their cigars? I, I've already talked about mine multiple times. This cigar is freaking phenomenal. This uh, H. Upman 175th. Randy smoking the Dogma. I know that the Dogma is fantastic. I've smoked it many a time uh, with with you, in fact, in uh, North Carolina when we were drinking beers in the rain and enjoyed that cigar very, very much. Uh, what's ever, what's uh, Jordan smoking again? I am well. I was smoking the. War You're smoking zone. the warhead, the war zone, not warhead, war zone. It's, it's in its final moments right now. How you know? I've heard I've heard really good things. I have not smoked it yet. Randy, God bless him, has uh, has. Sorry. <laughs> has has uh, sent a few my way. I haven't smoked it yet. Tell me about it. It was one of the most surprising cigars of the year for me. Um, Eric first let us try it at the Lazona Palooza and. It's it's just it's like it's nuanced, but it has like enough sweetness, more sweetness than I've had in in most Cameroons. Like it's all cinnamon and brown sugar, and it, man, we smoked them back to back. 
first time we smoked them. I've been nice. I can't get enough of these bad boys. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm so we're we're probably not gonna be able to get Coop back. That's disappointing because I would like to see uh, maybe I Eric. Can tr- I can try again, but I just feel like that no, messed can, up. Can the... we can we pull up the the statement? Has it been posted anywhere? Uh, I, I, ju- I would just question. like to hear it. I don't know. Uh, while while we're trying to do that, while Jordan yeah, let's, let's move forward. While Jordan's trying to do that, uh, let me read to you guys the longest comment that I have, and this is from. Oh, tell me, it's from Skip. No, this is from Abe. <laughs> Damn it. This is from Abe at Smoke In. Oh, just oh, as good. Yes. Abe is. Yes. What's this, Abe have to say? This is pure fire. You're, you guys ready for some pure Uh-oh. fire? That's why. Buckle, I, buckle up. Buckle up. I saved this one for last. Um, he says, <clears throat> "Here we go." Well, I hate to say I called this one months ago, but I did. This is an mm-hmm. epic tragedy for the organization, no matter how they spin it. I remember my mentor, Sal Fontana, telling me about this, about the early RTDA back then, trade show stories, where the whole show was a floor in a hotel, and instead of booths, manufacturers had hotel rooms. Retailers would just roam the floor, going from room to room. Then... To grow as great as they did, just for this to happen now is tragic. No other way to put it. Unfortunately, you can't ignore the obvious pains over the last decade plus. You just can't assume things will always be as they are. Kodak thought that way, and look how it worked out for them. The organization locked the leadership and the vision to address the real problems for many years now. So you really can't be shocked about this news. When CigarCon was announced, I said that within three years, the PCA will get acquired by the TPE, and there will be one big show for the whole industry, mass market and premium. That scenario is looking more prominent than ever. While I can't say I'm shocked, I'm deeply saddened by this news and what it might mean for the oldest organization in our industry. Wow, that's that's fire. He's breathing fire. Yeah. No, and it's, those are it's those great. are those are big words. I love the Kodak analogy. Yep. Um, but it, it's kind of frightening at the same time. Yeah. Um, with with that being said, we're all going to be at TPE. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's going to be fun. Uh, in in a, in wow, in just in a couple weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Randy, you wanted to chime in, and I well, could, well j- j- just to uh, I'll, I'll finish with all my beer analogies here, but um. You know, something that, that seemed apparent to me that um, with the retailers and the manufacturers being the membership of this association, and that's where your revenue stream is. And to me, that's the most important thing is what your revenue channels are. And when you're doing nothing but bringing in money from one member to pay another, you're, yep. you're limiting the opportunity to have new money come into the association. And in the beer industry, again, opening up to the vendors brought a whole new channel of a whole lot of coop randy i'm gonna stop you right there yes because you said limiting uh limiting like uh, resources and limiting income yeah that's bad for any industry exactly i don't care exactly. what you're selling you no, could be selling just batteries or whatever if, if i give you money and you give me back money we're not becoming more wealthy we're just trading money back and forth oh now and, 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 and again if you if you were to bring in these point of sale the band companies the tobacco uh agricultural companies you can uh you know sell that space to others all right uh, wait, wait you're still with us let's get let's go to coop well, i think we got him oh, coop can yeah. you can you hear us coop 
Yeah, I was a little more prepared now. I didn't expect a Skype call from you guys. I, so I know. Like, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I had my call well look going, though, at least. So you saw that. I, I apologize for that. We, we did not. No problem. Warn, I saw your comment, and I thought I'd just we, ring you up. We didn't warn you. No, no problem at all. We didn't warn you. And I know, Coop, you're going to do a, a, a comment show after this show, and that'll be, we'll all be tuned into that for sure. But uh, you had said in the comments that PCA responded. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, I can give you some of the highlights, or I can actually read you that there was a letter. Now, what I want to say is that the letter um, was from the board of directors. Um, so it was signed by the board of directors as opposed to being signed by, um, you know, Scott Pierce. So, right. uh, so really what they talked about is they acknowledged the fact that four companies are not exhibiting at PCA 2020. Um, they wanted to assure you that the world's biggest premium cigar and pipe show is on uh, with over 110,000 square feet. They, they said that the four companies um, represent 12% of the show space, which I heard, I think, Rob, you were talking 25 was more like the number. 25. I'm, I'm sorry. Say that again, Coop. They said that the four companies represented 12% of the show space. I think you were saying it was like 25. I said 40. 40. <laughs> that 12% number, it really seemed low to me. 12%? Right? Yeah, 25 I'm calling seems BS more realistic. That, yeah. Right, I mean, right. That's just me. But it, and that's just from a visual. I, I didn't measure. Hi. Uh, uh, that's, yeah, to me, it's, I mean, Coop, you've been there for as, as long as I have, if not longer. And you know that this is, this is more than 12%. I don't want to get bogged down in that. Keep going. Right, I don't have a way about it. So, so they kind of said that, and then they said uh, that the PCA 2020 is going to have exciting new features to showcase new products and help retailers and exhibitors create and enhance relationships. We'll be rolling out this information in the coming weeks. Um, then they kind of go on to say that um, you know they remain committed to the the industry's financial challenges against the FDA. They talked about partnering with Cigar Rights of America and have spent 4.5 million dollars on litigation against the FDA uh, regulatory oversight. Um, they said the biggest priority is remains to keep a pathway to new markets uh, to come to um, a pathway for new products to come to market, um, and they feel they've made incredible headways in doing that. Here's what this didn't say: it said mm. nothing about are we going to are we going to try to get the are we going to try to go back to the table and renegotiate? That's what mm. there was nothing in there. Now, Rob, you're right. The ship's passed. They're not coming back this year. It's gone, it, buddy. They're they're not going to be there. That you got to look at twenty twenty one, and and that's gonna be that's gonna be the big question right now. No, I I totally agree, and it's it's nice to hear a response. Uh, and while Coop, while you were talking, I I took my headphones off and kind of was whispering to Randy as like that 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 response to me uh, feels a little bit weak. Here we go. We we're we're back <laughs> on episode uh, two twenty seven. Uh, got kicked out of Facebook. It there. just couldn't handle Coop. It could not. It was too intense. Coop was so intense that it melted the internet. We've melted the hot s- takes. The hot takes from Coop <laughs> melted the show. So we'll uh, we'll glue these two parts back together at some point. So I uh, thank Coop for coming on real quick. But we should probably wrap up the show fairly soon. Yep. Uh, so yes, PCA did have a response as Coop. Uh, so generously told us, basically just saying, hey, we've, we're going to come back bigger and stronger. This is sort of like what we said earlier that we, we kind of hoped that they would have done uh, immediately. immediately. <laughs> yeah. um, now it just sort of seems like scrambling. But, hey, it's better late than never. I'm not going <laughs> to complain when that was the very thing that I said they should do, and they did it. So um, Can I complain? Yes, you can complain. <laughs> Go ahead, Robbie. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, and this is – and I don't know how much of uh, the conversation you guys heard of us with Coop – um, to me, the response felt really weak. 
and I'm not trying to, you know, you know, stake my claim or, you know, cause a, an argument. But the, the response was very like, hey, we're still going to be here. It's better than ever, blah, blah, blah. And they could have easily said that 12 hours That's ago. Right. Uh, there's none of this was any kind of earth shattering response. Um, now, I'm not going to go so far as to call for heads like Randy did because he was applying for a job. I wasn't. <laughs> but um, I, 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 you know, I, 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 I'm I'm disappointed in the response that it took as long as it did to get to say, hey, we're still here. We're still pushing forward. We're trying to make, uh, you know, new products and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and they, they used a lot of buzzwords and that's great. But they could have done that 12 hours ago if they had, you know, things in order. And I'm being a little bit critical. And normally this is not where this is not usually my stance, but he's um, always critical, by the way. No, it's, it's <laughs> off, uh, off camera. On camera, I'm usually very, I'm, I'm like, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I, they, they lost it for me in this, in this instance. Now, does that mean that I, I won't cover the show and, and, and give it its, its due diligence? Of course I will, because I feel like that's our job as far as uh, cigar media, but it would have been nice to have something a bit, a bit more. If you're going to take an extra half a day to, to give me a response, give me something more concrete. And all I got was hyperbole. Hmm. What about you, Randy? Well, I'd like to say, uh, uh, make a statement, but uh, first I'd like to ask you something because I, I think uh, Coop made a, a point and he didn't necessarily read as much into it as I did. But if I could ask you guys for total transparency here on the show, um, he, he made the point that this letter was signed by the um, board of directors. Can I just ask you guys, when you typically receive a press release from the PCA, is it signed by the board of directors or is it typically signed by Scott Pierce? Well, we get press releases from various representatives of the PCA. I can't say that they haven't been by the board of directors ever, but I, okay. I don't remember that. Um, I That's don't... something Jordan should have that information at hand. Yeah, at, on hand. <laughs> Jordan? <laughs> And, and Jordan, this has nothing to do with me being very slow with my reviews. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I'm just kind of. I I only uh, get the press releases when uh, Master I'm Sensei so, gives them to me. That's not true. Nice. Oh, <laughs> it all comes back to uh, Eric. I'm just being. Uh, I'm just. I'm well, just joking. Well, just joking. well, real quick, you know, honestly, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, you know, use speculation and conjecture. You know, I, I, I didn't call. That's what all good head. media is based yeah, on. That, that's that's not appropriate. I would never ask for somebody uh, to lose their position. But uh, the way Coop presented it, it did feel telling um, that um, they may be reevaluating everything from a leadership standpoint to um, to everything that they do going forward. But one thing that I would say is um, I think, Eric, you said it early in the day as soon as this news broke. Uh, I think what is most important for the PCA right now is to uh, ensure their revenue stream for this event. Again, with a venue of this size and magnitude, a lot of people that are out there listening today may not understand the logistics and, and uh, what happens behind the scenes for this type of event to actually be executed and take place in the first place. And it's massive. Um, and so for them to be, you know, I, I've heard several of the callers say, you know, six months is a long time. It's not. It's It takes months and months and months right, of planning of course, and yeah. preparation. Uh, and coordinating with these venues, um, and often uh, uh, site selection is going on 
right now for 2022. And I don't think everyone quite understands that. So I, I disagree that six months is a long time for them to, uh, you know, pivot and figure this out. Uh, to me, I think Eric, you said it best this morning. What, what they need to do right now is make sure that their largest, uh, uh, partners, Rocky Patel, Perdomo, Oliva, Fuente, Perdrone, all come together and now do a joint press release and say, we are still a unified association. We exist and we will continue to thrive with or without the, the, um, the engagement and, and inclusion of these four brands. And um, I don't know if they're going to see that. Now, a lot, of, uh, a lot of retailers have also made it clear that they're not going. Some of the bigger retailers is, which is a, uh, I don't want, this isn't a fair question. I mean, which is a bigger blow when a bunch of retailers say that they're not going or, um, you know, big, the big manufacturers? I'm sure they're, they're both <laughs> big blows, right? But uh, what about that, the fact that retailers have also, and I'm not going to name them, but um, there have been some big retailers that have said, no, we're not going. Um, that's sort of like, you know, that's really like your customer, customer base. That's, exactly. you know, that hurts there as well. Uh, is, is that worse than than the uh, manufacturers? I mean, like if all the retailers are still going and even the biggest manufacturers weren't going, it might not be as great a show, but it would still be a show. Well, I'm going to I'm going to answer your question, Eric, with a question. I like that. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, well, I happen to know the answer to that question. So, <laughs> no, it's it's it is it's I, tough. I actually like, do know the answer to that question. I, it, it's, well, sure. well, it was I was I it was the retailers, I was just right? Be, I was just being facetious. No, the but, chicken. The chicken came first. Oh, Anyways, of course. Go ahead. But how could there be a chicken without an egg? Because it, well, it's it's, it's a rabbit. It's it's a rabbit hole to keep <laughs> onto the whole uh, the whole uh, animal uh, thing. It's you know if I mean retailers being there is paramount, right? Because these are the people that draw. It's paramount because this is what draws your manufacturers. So if as a manufacturer, if I feel like the and this has been a thing even before, you know what it's 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 more important today that four major manufacturers are not going to be there they're not going to be there because the the retailers are not coming mm-hmm. so it's to me as, as and i've been on that side and i've had these discussions like do we even need to go do we have to go there's a pressure to go to remain relevant but it doesn't. Yes, Matt, the, the cigar definitely came first. That is absolutely true. Uh, and and Matt, I believe you commented on my T-shirt earlier. Thank you so much. This is uh, Return of the Jedi. I remember going to see this with my mom when I was six years old. It's uh, you know, so the Return of the Jedi. Eric, now you know how our shows. I'm disappointed get that he doesn't have a green lightsaber on the shirt, but you know it's not perfect. Um, but to get back to the to the answer to the question, it's. I, I think it's one. It's it's part and parcel with the other, right? It's the the manufacturers are not coming because the retailers aren't coming. So we need to make there needs to be a reason for everybody to be there, and thus far PCA hasn't figured that out. So I reached out to Glenn Loop of the CRA Cigar Rights of America, and he had uh, he said no comment. And then about ten minutes later, he said. Oh. Comments coming soon. So, <laughs> but I never did get a comment yet. So that would be an interesting take to hear what uh, they have to say. Now we do know St- on Facebook, Steve Saka said he's coming. Uh, Perdomo has said they're coming. Placencia is going. 
Uh, Fuente is going. I asked Danny Vasquez of uh, Romacraft, and they said they don't know yet, but they haven't bought their booth space yet. Interesting. Um, now, a lot can of I, these guys I... were not able to buy booth space until the big guys yeah, buy absolutely. their booth space. Yeah, no, Jordan, that is a huge, huge point that uh, someone said earlier, I think it was Coop, who said that you know during the IPCPR show, and it's now PCA, there is a time where you can come in and pick your booth space for the following year. Now, I worked on the manufacturer side with the smaller manufacturer, Mombacho Cigars. We were never invited to do that during the show. We had to wait until these larger companies um, filled their spots. And much like, I mean, Romacraft, they probably are teetering the brink of someone who could pick their space before or after. Um, So that's an interesting point. Uh, Eric, of those companies that you mentioned, how many of them are going to be at TPE? Well, I don't know the answer to that. Um, it's a good question. That's, I, 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 I know we, I, I kind of threw you under the bus there with that, but it's just it's just a little bit curious of these companies that are saying, oh, hey, we're still going to be there. They can afford to really be at both, but a lot of these companies can't. Yeah, right. They have to choose. Right? I asked uh, Terrence Riley from Agonorsa Leaf, and he said, at the moment, they have not made any decisions. Uh, they're waiting to hear the PCA's reaction. So I'd be curious to see what uh, Terrence thought of the reaction. Uh, I talked to Eric Espinoza. He said they don't know. They want to see how all this shakes out, uh-huh. and uh, they're going to meet with their own team. He also said if they do come back, likely it would be a dramatically reduced footprint. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And so, and they had a significant footprint uh, yeah. in this past year. So they probably it, had about six about six booth sizes. Yeah, yeah no, 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 my guess from what they had in the past. The presence. Yeah. I, it, it's you a know, pretty good I, presence. If I can just say one one last thing on that is, you know, I I've heard, you know, I you guys know me. I listen to all the all the shows and I and interviews going on. I've heard as much as 20% of the annual sales of a medium to small size manufacturer are solidified and and written at this show. What was the percentage you said? I'm sorry. Up to 20%. And so, and, and, and I've, right. I, I've also heard other uh, people say, well, that's an exaggeration. In, in any event, what, what I think uh, the listeners of this show and the con- common consumer um, may not understand is without the retailers there, the value completely goes away from the manufacturers. The manufacturers are getting very little on the back end as far as um, them coming together. I, I've heard of very little collaborations that took place because we were all together at IPCPR. Um, again, going back to my, my, my beer experience, um, there's not as much value for them. What they come for is for the retailers to place orders and for them to get um, you know, included into their shelves for the new year. So I, I, in my opinion, the retailers really drive whether or not this will continue and if if the uh, there's a mass exodus of retailers that say there's no longer the ROI for me, it goes away. All right, boys. Uh, last question for you. Um, in light of this news that broke today, um, we're all going to TP. The whole dojo crew, Randy, Robbie, dojo. Jordan will be yeah, there. Baby. I'll be there. We'll we'll all be there. Um, so in light of today's news, what do you expect the TPE is going to be like? I mean, I imagine there's going to be tension. There's going to be buzz. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be excitement. There's probably going to be a wide gamut 
of emotion. Uh, what are you What are you guys expecting from the Tobacco Plus Expo in Las Vegas in later this month? Las Vegas, Nevada, Eric, where the elite meet to eat. Um, so we've, we've been talking about TPE for about a month, two months, give or take, and planning kind of what we're going to do there. And, and, and that plan is still up in the air. But to me, I, I thought of TPE as kind of, yeah, that'll be fun. We can, you know, we can hang out. Like I, I, I looked at the, the, the list of manufacturers who are going to be there. I thought, you know what? There's not a ton of media that covers this. We can have more intimate coverage. It would be a bit different than IPCPR slash PAC or PCA. Damn it. I do it every time, Randy. It's all your fault now. Um, I thought it would be a bit more intimate where we can sit down and actually spend, you know, a fair chunk of time. Now, I feel like that has changed. I feel like the there there is a bit more pressure from a media standpoint. And, and I can't back this up with, you know, press releases that have come out about new releases and things like that. We all see that in... April, May, and June, leading into uh, to to the IPCPR slash PCA, but now I wonder, do we need to really ramp up our idea of coverage of TPE? I don't know. Well, one thing I would say is it's far too late for anyone to make a, a last minute pivot. If you, I would say, I, Randy, I would disagree with you on a on a level from that level I was talking about earlier. Just like like Roma Craft and below, no, those no. guys can can pivot. But the the bigger guys, the the Fuentes, the Rocky Patel is a great example that I heard you mention when I had to step off camera. I apologize for that. But uh, you, that's have, we haven't heard anything from Rocky Patel. Yeah. It seems like that would Rocky Patel. If I'm PCA, if I'm running the show, the first person that is the up, first kind of, person yeah. I have on the phone saying, "Hey, come out and support us right. today." And I don't and as of now, and again, I, I had said this earlier, the caveat of me, I was, I was at work all day. I didn't get to see, but I don't think there's been any response from them. I didn't mean to interrupt, Randy. No, I apologize. Fine. But uh, that, that to me seems like yeah, Alec Bradley came out in response in um, uh, pro-PCA, and that's yep. great. But Rocky Patel is, the, is really – Padron and Fuente are the ones that you really want mm. to step up and have a response, yeah. and I haven't seen that yet. It's just a real quick, Eric, uh, you, you know, and I agree with you entirely, Rob, from the manufacturer standpoint, the smaller guys are more nimble. They can kind of shift and, and, and jump into it where I think the limitation exists is with the TBE infrastructure. Sure. They already have their floor space booked. Um, you know, it's in my opinion, not that likely that they have a ton of space that they can take a new wave. Let, of. Let me ask you a question. And I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you a lot tonight. You do that a lot anyway. I, I do, and I apologize. <laughs> if, if you're Randy, you have the TPE hat. You are the guy. Yeah. If Rocky Patel comes up and says, "Hey, I need X amount of booths," you are making that space, are you not? If I've already sold the space to someone else, uh, I'm, I'm limited in my options. Obviously, I will make every concession humanly possible. I'll knock out the food. Uh, court you're making that to, space to make room for him. You're, you're right. You're moving heaven and uh, earth, and. 
I, I'm still limited at what I've already booked. But they, you're moving heaven and Venues often can't just, oh, you need an extra 30,000 square feet of space. Mm. Yeah, we'll just pull that air wall back. And in and, and some venues, they act, literally can. Um, and I, I don't know enough about the TPE. This will be my first year attending. Absolutely, um, I agree. But I, I, I think this year is going to be the worst year of this whole conversation because anybody that wants to pivot, there is going to be a bottleneck. And TPE won't be able to mm. accept uh, a wave coming over. Um, so I, I, I think where we really see where um, loyalties lie and where new uh, fledgling mm. efforts are made like will really be in 2021 uh, because everything's kind of locked in stone. This is a pretty last minute announcement. And before I, I give up the mic, I, I, I want to say I think it's, uh, above and beyond credibility, Alan Rubin is an amazing member of this industry, and for him to come out and, and put his, you know, draw his line in the sand and say that he's going to stay committed to his association, um, I believe that's because of the integrity that that he um, really wants to dedicate his effort to supporting the the betterment and health of this industry. And so I commend him for being the first to come out and, and be prepared to uh, address this and and uh, make his decision and throw his uh, hat in the ring and say he's going to support uh, the future of PCA. Why why does Robbie keep leaving these? What's I he have doing no over idea. there? I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> is, he, is he like a really he small doing? bladder or something? He does. That's a fact. Yeah. And, and, but yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to, to you, Eric. I mean, I, it, it'll be interesting over the next... It's really going to be a two-year measuring stick, though. I, I don't think that what we see this year is going to be an indication because I don't think TPA is going to have the room to accept a max mass exodus. So I think the people that are locked into IPCBR, and you mentioned a lot of like significant brands that you know sound like they're on the fence, and I'm kind of surprised at that, honestly, that Agonorsa Leaf and Espinosa is, are, are still kind of um, – you know, debating this, but they were left in a situation with, with today's announcement where, um, you, you know, it's even more critical. You, uh, again, I mean, a lot of times these decisions are being made a year ahead, and now that, that time frame has been cut in half. All right, folks. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. By the way, the fastest growing cigar podcast in the world is Flavor Odyssey, and that airs Wednesdays. At 6 p.m. Eastern Time this week, it's the letter Q. Q, Q that, baby. That is a tough letter, boys. And the hosts of Flavor Odyssey happen to be our guests, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. Uh, guys, what's going on with the letter Q this Wednesday? So, a letter Q, we have got, Randy, the Mi Querida Tricky Traca from the one and only Steve Saka. Tricky Traka, Steve Saka, that rhymes. Tobacco and Trust. And Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust, absolutely. And the beer that we are pairing that with is a Belgian quad from Three Philosophers. From Omegang Brewery. I beg your pardon. It's called Three Philosophers. Thank you for for clarifying. Say that again. Uh, So a Belgian quad from uh, Omegang Brewery out of Cooperstown, New York. Uh, The Three Philosophers quad is a... Rich and dark and spicy and complex 
beverage that will be very exciting to pair with uh, a <laughs> small platter <laughs> with, with Steve's tricky That's chocolate. Funny. Mi querida. All right. Well, we look forward to that show on Wednesday, as we always do. Guys, uh, it's not all doom and gloom. It's happy hour on the dojo. Post your best happy hour, hashtag happy hour uh, post on the dojo app for a chance to win some cigars directly from my humidor. So don't miss out on that. I'm going to let happy hour run all night tonight because all of this depressing talk <laughs> we got, we, we got to have just some happiness going on. So make your happy hour posts all night on the dojo. I'll pick a winner Sunday, probably when I'm watching football. So you can uh, Saturday. There's a big football game Saturday oh, at, yeah. at 1 p.m. The 1:30. Yeah, right. How how do we feel about that? Are we feeling good? Um. You do know, you guys care about the 49ers as much as I do? You don't. Of no. course not. <laughs> Are it's you fair. serious? It's absolutely fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking I'm taking my picture for the uh, for the happy hour just now. Eric, okay. you're in the background. That's yes. fantastic. Um, I, I would like to say that I think the 49ers are going to beat the Vikings by a score of 33 to 21. It's really relevant because they're going to lose to Baltimore in the no the uh, Super, Super Bowl. The, 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 the 49ers in Baltimore Super Bowl is going to be great. <laughs> I, I, I do think the 49ers are going to roll over the Vikings. They're going to roll. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, I, I, it's, it's, it, it really could be. It's, it's, it could be. It's old school football, man. These are the two teams that run the football the most in the NFL, just about. And it's going to be, uh, you know, the quarterbacks, I think, are going to make the difference. And if you give me, I have to choose between Jimmy G and, uh, was it Kirk Cousins? I'll take Jimmy G all day long. Because, I mean, frankly, he's just a good-looking guy. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's going to be a fun football. I like I like these weekends when there's two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. It gives you something to do all day long. Absolutely. So that'll be fun. So I will pick the happy hour contest some at some point this this weekend. But make your posts on it. Remember, it's, like I said last week, guys, no, no week entries. Give me something to chew on, you know, catch my attention. Make it funny. Make it artistic make it clever whatever like give me something i can sink my teeth into and you just may win a uh, cool cigar prize uh, guys it's going to be all night tonight on the dojo do you're now playing post what you're smoking post what you're drinking i want to thank robbie and randy for joining us from studio lot b all the way in california and of course our fantastic uh, producer jordan thank you for joining i us. was whoop, here during whoop, the whoop. show and the studio audience, <laughs> studio audience, thank you guys <laughs> oh, for joining oh, us. Sure. The studio audience over there, which has grown during the show, guys. Oh, oh, oh. Thanks, yeah, for, baby. Thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, so for Smoke Night Live, oh, by the way, next, I should have, I got to mention this. Next Friday night, we announce Cigar of the Year. We've live. already been Ooh. announcing a couple of these bad boys. We, we will announce Cigar of the Year next Friday night. It's the biggest show of the year, so you got to make sure to join us. Uh, next week for that. Until next week, remember, never, never, never smoke, smoke alone. See you guys next Friday night. Hey, I'm Nick, man, and I buy my sweet, sweet stogies online. My website's got like 11 options, 12, I got like nine, so how was it going down? Anyway, they ship here super quick. Just ask my ma, right, ma? Hmm? So yeah, like 12 to 13 business weeks, they'll be here. So go to my website, man. I remember him. That was me. Sad, lonely, no women, wearing three-day-old underwear. That was before I discovered JRCigars.com, the world's largest cigar store. With a huge variety of cigars, the best prices, and the most amazing shipping options. I get my cigars just like that. So don't be like him. Be like me. And order your cigars from JRCigars.com. <laughs>